0: talking about what you care about, news, relationships, health, finances, Voice America, Women's Radio Network.
1: Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with the microphone. Welcome
2: to the Catherine Sock Show. I'm Catherine Sock, you're a social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to Voice America Women's Network, Voice America Women's Channel. Thanks for joining us this morning. And joining me this morning is Isaac McThorne. It's a real pleasure to have him on the show. Well, coming up, as we know, are the elections. Obama and Hillary throwing punches to each other, primaries in full swing, but One issue is clear. On the road to the White House, image is everything. So joining us this morning is Isaac to tell us all about his read on Hillary's style. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on this morning, Isaac.
3: How are you? I'm fine. Great. Good to hear that.
2: Yes. So, All right. So tell us. Image is everything, even on the way to the White House, right? Oh,
3: yeah. It's everything. I mean, I have to say, like, even more than the promises that the candidates make or the things that they say, I think is what they look like and what they wear. I mean, God knows that's what's influencing me, yeah. right?
2: <laughs> that's what. The, yes, I, I'm, I have to say. I mean, I'm a Hillary flan, fan, and I'm me always too. looking to see what she has on. So,
3: mm-hmm. talk to us. Is she wearing the right thing? Let's, you know. I think that you know. I think that Hillary is doing incredibly, incredibly well. Here's why: because a lot of times I don't really notice what she's wearing. I just notice that she looks radiant. She looks beautiful. She's smiling a lot. Her hair is great. Her makeup is great, you know. And for someone who just turned 60, I think, which she announced the other day, I think she looks not a day over 52 or something. Do you agree with that? Yeah, she looks
2: fantastic. I am one of her contemporaries to Mm -hmm. the day, I want you to know. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, Isaac, I want you to address one issue, because she's changed her jacket style, and it's not Mm -hmm. so masculine anymore, and she's wearing those jeweled, Neckline, not jewel, what do you call it? You know, covers up, uh, there's a neck thing
3: going on. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, she wears like great, she has a great color sense. I mean, all the pictures that I look look at of her, she's wearing like a kind of a beautiful color blouse with a dark suit. That's what she seems to be wearing a lot. And I have a feeling that's because like, you know, she doesn't want to detract too much. She doesn't want people to talk about what she's wearing that much. And yet she wants to look kind of like presentable and snappy, you know? And and also, she's come out saying that she's representing this kind of like middle-class, democratic person, a working person. You know what I mean? So it's not a red carpet, let's put it that way. You it's know what I mean? It's not a
2: red carpet, no. but wouldn't you say, Isaac, that, it, I mean, it's not exactly working class either. I mean, it has that elegant... No. I think, anyway, yes. uh, there's an elegant look to it. What about, weren't they criticizing her because they said that she wore some kind of a yellow Bumblebee jacket? What was that all about?
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, the great thing about Hillary is that she has this kind of exuberance, you know. It doesn't seem like there's a committee of people telling her what to wear every single day. It just seems like she's trying to conform to some idea, like her own idea of what appeals to delegates and what appeals to people, you know. I think she's trying to like have a fashion sense without offending people and actually you know, pleasing most people that, that, that look at her, you know, which is not Easy job, and let's face it, she's she's breaking new ground. We've never had a woman nominee before, do you know? And so, every day is news making, you know. And she has to look.
2: And I think, don't you think? I think that she looks she is intelligent, she is smart, and I think her her clothes reflect that that intelligence, that kind of oh, yeah, yeah,
3: oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like. Um, a little, any more fashion, and we wouldn't have as much confidence in her. Do you know what I mean? And any less fashion, and we might be bored. You know, she Isaac, so, how
2: did she transition from looking like a first lady to mm-hmm. a president? Because there's a subtle difference there in terms of the way you dress.
3: Well, I just did this interview with this girl called Danielle Romano from Daily Candy. She's smart. Uh, on my web, my web show, actually, right, com. And, you know, we talked about this and she brought like a million pictures of Mrs. Clinton and we sort of did this like survey of what she looked like as a first lady, what she looked like as a senator, and now what she looks like as a presidential, you know, uh, candidate, right? Yeah. And it's like there was this picture of her like, I think it was at the inauguration, Bill's inauguration, where she was wearing like this pink coat and this little pink dress and fluffy kind of, you know, hair. And she looked amazing. And she gave glamour and she gave like girl next door, like everybody's like wonderful first wife. Do you know what I mean? Then, as a senator, she kind of like buckled down a little bit and it was more about like a dark suit with like sort of a bright colored, like low, you know, like sort of a jewel neckline, as you were saying, you know? And now I see that she's having a little bit more fun with it and it looks not so tailored and not so structured. And the jackets are just a little bit softer, maybe smockier. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So
2: you're saying, Isaac, she's doing the right thing. I mean, would you have any other suggestions that she should be doing something differently or just stick with what she's doing, it's okay?
3: You know, I think that that the balance is right Whatever Hillary's been doing for the past twenty-five years is right. Do you know what I mean? And I think more of that, more of that evolution, more of like her own sensibility coming through. I can only encourage. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like I know like exactly what you mean. Women. I
2: think she rises to the occasion, and that's mm-hmm. why I want to. Uh, that's why I'm voting for her. Mm-hmm. But now, talk to us. We have a few minutes left, so I want to hear. And I've been on your website. Fantastic. Saw your thank interview you. with
3: Sarah Jessica
2: Parker and Dolly thank Parton. You, thank you. Thank you. dot right.
3: com. So. Yes. Tell us. Well, it's the most fantastic thing because it's, you know, like kind of me doing this on my own without a network. So I get to do exactly what I want. And, you know, after years of making these shows on television, I feel like I have the right armor to produce the segments that people want to see. And, you know, it's much, much more kind of, how can I put this, like, off the cuff, you know? If you do a celebrity interview or if you do a cooking segment or a a fashion roundtable, all of which we do on my website... Um, You know, we have the opportunity now to sort of go as in-depth as we want or to cut as much of it as we want, you know. We don't have, like, airtime that we're selling and lots of advertising. It's really just about the the meat and potatoes, the segments, you know. So it's
2: much more relaxed, and it is
3: very relaxed. relaxed. That's right. I mean, we do this thing with, like, you know, these ladies who come on, this thing called Sketches and Answers, and, you know, we take only the really smart questions, and I answer the really, really smart questions, um, you know, we do, like, the design roundtable thing, the fashion roundtable thing, where we have, like, really, really smart people talking about issues like what presidential candidates look like, you know, like what young Hollywood looks like. So we just do that, and the, the, the person logging on can, can can pick and choose the segments they want to see. Yeah. So it's and great. The, yeah, and so how? when did you conceive of this? This, this is a fantastic well, idea. Know I love it. I guess I have to go now because I have lots of other things to do, but you've been so wonderful. Oh, all
2: right. We have to say goodbye.
3: I do have to say goodbye. If I'm so sorry, suddenly I have to go off. Well, I'll
2: be watching you on WatchIsaac.com. Isaac Isaac Mizrahi, thanks so much for being on the show this morning. Fashion designer extraordinaire. We'll be back in a minute. You've been listening to The Catherine Sox Show on Voice America Women's Network. I'm Catherine Sock, your social worker with a microphone, and thanks for joining us this morning.
0: Talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio.
4: I have three children, and I've been raising my 16-year-old sister.
0: Mary Gallagher and her family shared a two-bedroom apartment with eight people. Now Habitat for Humanity is helping her build a simple, decent, affordable home of her own.
4: When we first found out that we were getting a Habitat home, it was like a dream. I kept saying, don't anybody wake me up.
0: Not only is Mary helping build her own home, she'll buy it with a no-profit, zero-interest mortgage to keep it affordable.
5: Habitat came out and built my home, and when Mary started
0: building her house, I wanted to come out and give a hand.
3: We're not just building Mary's house, we're building a neighborhood.
0: There's several more to be built this year, and I look forward to working on each of their houses and seeing the joy of their face when they open the door to their brighter future. Habitat for Humanity. Building homes, changing lives. Support the work in your community. Visit habitat.org.
4: I feel very blessed. God has answered all of my prayers. We are home.
3: Ladies,
0: are you looking for a place where you can talk candidly about anything and everything? Well, here it is. Timeless Women Speak on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk about sexuality, age-proofing your career, finding your passion and purpose, keeping your brain power, keeping your marriage fresh, dating for grown-ups, plastic surgery, surviving our beauty culture, and much more. Tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific to Timeless Women Speak with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly on the Voice America Women's channel radio that talks with you not at you voice america women's radio network
1: you're listening to the katherine zock show on the voice america women's channel if you'd like to join our conversation this morning call now the toll-free number is 866-472-5788 that number again is 866-472-5788 welcome back to the
2: katherine show with Good morning. Thanks for joining us. I'm Kathleen Knox, your social worker with the microphone, and you're listening to the Voice America Women's Network, Voice America Women's Channel. And joining me this morning is Joseph Piscatella. He is the author of The Road to a Healthy Heart, Runs Through the Kitchen. He sold over 2.5 million copies of his book. And... If you're like most Americans, he's going to be talking about heart disease. You probably think heart disease is something that affects old men and obese people. Not something you have to worry about, but not true. Think again. More than 100 million Americans, and that's one-third of the country's population, suffer from cardiovascular disease. Heart disease is the leading cause of death among men and women in the United States, and who knows more about that than Joseph Piscatello? Welcome to the show, Joe. Nice to have you on this
5: morning. Catherine, yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah,
2: and a real pleasure to be with me because at age 32, <laughs> you...
5: <laughs> you meant that literally, didn't you? <laughs> I meant it literally,
2: Joe. Really,
5: I mean, it's amazing.
2: You were diagnosed with advanced coronary artery disease. Tell us about that, 32 years old.
5: Well, it came out of uh, the blue. Uh, I I was playing tennis and I got a little pulling sensation in the middle of my chest and I went to get it checked out and two days later I was in bypass surgery for a 95% blockage of the left main coronary artery. My children were ages six and four, um, hadn't been married to my wife 10 years at that point. I mean, we just simply didn't know what hit us. And um, things got worse, because when I checked with the physicians and said, you know, what's my prognosis, Um, the consensus was, uh, well, you're 32, you have aggressive coronary disease, we doubt you're going to live to be 40. Uh, I I want to
2: take you back a little, because I think one of the things that's real important, you were 32 years old, and I... I we need to get the message out there that, you know, it does happen, it can happen at 32. Now, you, how did you know, let's say you are playing; you were playing tennis, and you I feel... Thought I thought I had
5: bronchitis, Catherine. Yeah. I had no idea that it was hard to... It was the furthest thing from my mind.
2: But you didn't and... go into denial. You went to the doctor. What... Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
5: although it took me 30 days to get there. As a typical male, you know, you keep waiting for stuff to go away. And uh, it didn't. So finally, I thought, well, you know, I may have a touch of bronchitis. So that's why I headed there and uh, in those days, uh, this was back in 77, you know my situation was the cover story of medical journals because we didn't see people in their 30s with it. Unfortunately today two things have changed. Uh, One is we're seeing a lot more people in their 30s and 40s with heart disease and the other thing we're coming to understand is just how much of an impact it has on women. Because in 1977 uh, this was all about men and Today, um, you know, we used to think that it was about American males, and today it's about Americans, period, <clears throat> because this has turned out to be a of great significance for American women.
2: Do you think, Joe, the reason for that is because women's lifestyles have emulated men and not in a good way? I mean, we're smoking more, we're stressed out, we're in the workforce. Are those the reasons, or are we just identifying the disease more in women? We have better... Um, it's both.
5: It's really both. I I think that there has been a change in um, the lifestyle that you described. I do a lot of consulting work to corporations on their wellness programs, and I had a a female engineer at the Boeing company the other day tell me, um, me, you know, here's my life. I'm answering emails at 9 o'clock at night. I'm doing my laundry at midnight. I'm in a grocery store at 6 a.m. I'm dropping kids at school at 7. I punch in at Boeing at 8. You know, I write down the twenty things I must do that day to have a successful day. They never get done, so I do the next I do the same thing the next day, except I've got a holdover and weekends used to be for catching up or for kicking back and now they're for catching up. I think a lot of american women are are living at that type of a pace, and the combination of um less cooking, more restaurants fast foods pre uh processed foods um There's still, uh, you know, a fairly high smoking rate among American women. Um, And I think that's
2: getting worse. It is. We have more
5: teenage girls smoking today than in 1960. So I think there's that that whole, um, when you look at the modern lifestyle, that's part of it. The other part of it is that uh, there's uh, a a better look at what's going on when women come to the emergency room, for example, and present with um, chest pains because the... the, um, the symptoms and signs are different for women, and it used to be just readily dismissed. I mean, if you had, in 1977, if you had two 45 year olds, a male and a female, that came into the emergency room with chest pain, the male would get an EKG, the woman might get two aspirin and get told to go home.
2: Yeah, and tell them that it's all in their head. Yeah, so, exactly. Know, and today anxious, we know nervous, that it isn't, they're stressed in fact. they uh, depressed, uh, unf- but they're not having a heart attack yeah. or a heart event.
5: Right, yeah. yeah. The last three years we've had more females die of heart attacks than males die of heart attacks. So we've really kind of crossed the line. And I think the critical question is less about the gender and more about why do we have so much heart disease. And for a long time we thought it was genetic, but today the data are quite clear for every person – male or female, that has heart disease because of bad genes. 499 have it because of knives and forks. We're, we're eating our way into coronary disease with our knives and forks. So that's why I think this book is so important because it really lays out um, what is it that you can do from the standpoint of, of healthy eating. It's nice to know that in addition to advice and facts and figures I've been standing here doing this for over 30 years, so we've got a nice success story to go along with. Yeah, you're
2: our tribute to your book. You're the one, I mean, you were standing there over 30 years says this works.
5: And well, yeah, and, and I may be done. the oldest, the guy with the most number of years post bypass surgery still alive in the country. And I can tell you, I could not have done it without eating this way. And the nice thing about it, I, I think, is it's very middle of the road. If you've. If you've thumbed through the recipes, you've seen macaroni and cheese and chili and crab cakes and pancakes and, you know, think real food that real people eat. All we've done is make it in a healthier version. Yeah. Uh, so and you Nan don't have to think that to
2: healthy is boring and tasteless, and you know, and it's something that you you know don't want to do because when if you do, you. I don't know, the road to a healthy heart runs through the kitchen. You can buy it at bookstores everywhere, folks. But uh, yes, you look at these recipes, and they look like, hey, these are really, as you describe them, mouth-watering, and they are. So let's talk about specifically some of the recipes, and then you you actually have some very clear guidelines as to what we can do so that we can eat healthy, modify our own recipes. There's a Mm -hmm. lot of different ways of doing Mm -hmm. this.
5: Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we we struggled um, in the beginning trying to figure out how do you prepare recipes that are going to be heart healthy. And I can recall... Coming home uh, from the hospital, and uh, my wife Bernie was you know paranoid at that point. what do you what do you cook? What do you serve? And I had a turkey sandwich for lunch three days in a row on some kind of cardboard bread. <laughs> and uh, I remember saying I to her, well. uh, Bernie, I may have survived the surgery, but I'm never going to survive lunch. You know, what in the world are we going to do? And then I came upon a piece of information that changed everything for us, and it's reflected in the in the book. Uh, and the information is that most American families prepare twelve recipes eighty percent of the time. If you tell me what you've actually cooked the last two weeks, I can predict the next two weeks, and I'm going to be right on. You so are instead so of worrying right. About I a mean, thousand you have my recipes, number. That's exactly what I do. Boring, yeah.
2: boring, boring.
5: Well, but we can if we can take your twelve recipes and learn and teach you how to lighten them up, but only to the point that the taste remains. Then you get the best of both worlds. You get familiar food that 's been made lighter, and that 's totally different from eating the contemporary high fat American diet which has led to obesity and heart disease and it 's totally different from you know the cardboard sandwich pine cone casserole guys who you know who don 't care about taste so um, in this book, if you use our recipes, any of those three hundred recipes. You're going to quickly come to understand how we made those changes, and then you're going to be able to apply them to your own favorite recipes, and then you've got it knocked at that point.
2: So, Joe, all right, let's take a couple of those recipes and give specific examples. One that you use is, I mean, you have uh, lasagna. I mean, I think of lasagna. Boy, I shouldn't be eating lasagna and cheese and all that stuff, but what do you do to make it heart-healthy in, in, the, in, in the cookbook, And the Road to a Healthy Heart Runs Through the Kitchen?
5: Well uh, you can um lighten up on the cheese to start with and that, that because the cheese is often the the biggest problem um in terms of the fat content. So we we end up uh making uh, uh there's less cheese that are that are used. We use the leanest. We do use sausage in this, which seems like, gee, that'd be inconsistent, um, and it is to a certain extent. But we're using uh, the leanest that you can get. There's a non-fat ricotta cheese. There's really a, you know, reduced-fat mozzarella. Uh, now, the the um, and this has um, it's only three hundred and it's less than three hundred and fifty calories uh, per serving. So by cutting that down you're still able to preserve the taste but you've cut down on the fat and the calories and what we're saying is the way we look at it is what are you doing for the day I mean I can tell you that this is not the lowest fat recipe in this in this book but if it's a day that you're going to have lasagna you're going to have that for dinner and your mouth's watering and you want to have it then maybe that's also a day that you have oatmeal for breakfast maybe that's also a day that we have vegetable soup and half a sandwich for lunch so, Joe, you're uh, so, talking
2: about balance. Let's say, exactly. if you say to a person, well, you can never have a lasagna again, of course, exactly. after a month, they're going to be craving this thing, and they're going to go out and eat three lasagnas, right? That's
5: exactly right. And, that you know, there's there are room for indulgences in, in a healthy diet. In fact, uh, the the newest guidelines uh, that came out about two years ago about what constitutes a healthy diet actually had a section on indulgences, because if you say to people, you know, you never, you can never have another Oreo cookie the rest of your life, then that is the exact thing that that person will dream about, uh, and you know, and will literally, you know, kill for it. I've got to have that Oreo. But if if any food is acceptable. Uh, and it is in my belief. I don't believe there's any such thing as a bad food. I think there's food eaten in bad amounts.
2: Yeah, and I think the thing you say about, I love the way you say modifying, because that really makes a lot of sense. Because one of the other things that you mentioned also, well, you're talking about the cheese and the lasagna, even though that may be a little more you know, fattening than the other foods and you're going to balance your other, uh, whatever you eat for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you talk about, like, and I never thought about this, like grating the cheese and stuff, like yes. if you're going to have cheese grated because that's really less cheese, but you still get the cheese flavor. You don't just put chunks of cheese in whatever yeah. the
5: dish is. Yeah, it's really a different, uh, you know, because I, uh, and this is a um, um, a particular problem for women. I don't know if you knew that, but... Um, Men have uh, more of a problem with red meat, Uh, uh, and when you ask men what are your five most favorite and frequently eaten foods, red meat appears three times, steaks, hamburgers, pizza with meat topping. When you ask that same question of women, red meat never appears. Women uh, select things like uh, chocolate, ice cream, mayonnaise, salads, tuna salad, shrimp salad, and cheese. Cheese is a favorite food of American women. In fact, it's estimated that last year uh, American women consumed in excess of 35 pounds of cheese apiece.
2: No so, wonder we're having a coronary artery.
4: coronary <laughs> <event>. <laughs> Well, it's
5: like, you know, we all go to those little cocktail parties where they have the cubes of cheese with the toothpicks. If you eat three of those, you've just taken in more fat than a three-and-a-half-ounce dinner of a London broil.
2: Yeah, and that, there are the women with the toothpicks, and men don't usually like to use the toothpicks exactly. anyway.
5: So, <laughs> so, uh, but um, you know, I'm I'm not going to advocate kicking cheese to the curb because it's a great food, it's a favorite food. But what we've done in our house is, um, we get the best cheese that we can, and then we grate it and sprinkle it. So it's on vegetables, it's on pasta, it's on soup, it's on salads. Uh, but you you get all the flavor, but because it's it's grated and sprinkled, you don't take in a lot of fat or a lot of calories, it's totally different than eating slabs of cheese.
2: Yeah. That, great. Uh, those are great tips and there are a lot more obviously in the book we can't cover all of them. But uh, Joe and I are going to take a short break. He's the author of The Road to a Healthy Heart runs through the kitchen. When we come back, we'll talk about how to manage portion uh, sizes, uh, fat guidelines. There's a lot of different kinds of things and really also which I think is important Joe is setting an example for your children.
5: So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah
2: no, uh, we'll be back. Time Voice America Women's Network. I'm Catherine Stock, your social worker with the microphone, and uh,
0: we'll be back in a minute. Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America Women's Radio Network.
5: Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like... Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just... Don't know. Pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to.
3: Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, 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 there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council.
0: Wake up a child. he'll get you right back to your head.
1: JackLelane.com presents Jack Lelane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine Lelane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lelane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how, three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lelane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network.
0: For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Renese's timely topics in childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network.
1: You're listening to The Catherine Zopp Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788.
2: Back to the Catherine Sock Show. I'm Catherine Sock, your social worker with the microphone. Thanks for joining us this morning on Voice America Women's Network. And joining me is nationally recognized heart health F expert joe piscatella and he's author of the road to a healthy heart runs through the kitchen and uh, joe and i have been talking about these wonderful recipes that you can find in his book uh but now we want to get into some of the because there's more than just recipes in the book good recipes for healthy eating but joe and you and i were talking in the break for a few minutes one of the things that i think is the major issue is portion control americans no matter what it is whether it's Mm -hmm. food or houses or cars think bigger is better and that is not the case
5: well no it, it it's just in supersizing our portions we have really ended up supersizing ourselves it's we're taking in when you look at the caloric intake of Americans today compared with Americans in the 1970s we're almost 500 calories a day above and it isn't that we're also much more physically active these days that we need those calories we're we're eating them because we simply do not know what a serving size is. We eat what comes on our plate, and the plates in America are now the size of hubcaps. Yeah. They're just gigantic. Uh, and, um, you know, the, the serving size is not an arbitrary number. The USDA in the early 1960s put together what serving sizes were. So, for example, um, a serving of bread is one ounce. Well, that's nice, but I was recently in... In um, uh, New York City, where they'll be happy to sell you on the street for breakfast an 8-ounce bagel, that's 8 servings of bread. That's a half a pound of bread. Now, nobody would eat 8 pieces of toast for breakfast, but they would eat that bagel on the street and never think anything about it. And, in effect, they have had, you know, 8 servings of bread
2: you make um, a point there because I think, Joe, two things. Uh, you're right. We would never eat a loaf of bread because it, it packaged that way, but a huge bagel you would. Yeah. You have to be conscious about what you're eating. Like you say, you really do have to be conscious about it. Take a look at it. It's not an ounce of bread. It's eight ounces of bread. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, what about, though, I mean, my, my boyfriend, my partner, and I were out for dinner the other night. And what do you do when you go out to a restaurant? I'll tell you what I do, and I... I, I, I want to hear what you have to say about it, but we, m- most of the time, will split the main course because if you split the main course, that's ample for two people, and he's a big yes. guy, and yeah. it, it, you know, six foot two, whatever, but still, and then just have a, 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 a salad and maybe an appetizer, and that is enough.
5: Yeah, that's that. we do the exact same thing. We, we, we each get a salad, and we, we may get, you know, different kinds of salads depending on our mood, and then we agree on what we can have to split and and it generally is is way more than enough food and and you know if it's uh if we feel like celebrating we'll do an appetizer or sometimes if you're there you know with another couple and it is a special event and somebody wants dessert you know I'm not against having a piece of uh of cake and with four forks and when it comes my turn I'll get one or two bites and that's it for me but um you know it fits in and by the by the time you go home you haven't overcaloried because you haven't really overeaten but if you're if you're still part of the clean plate club and we have a long uh history in the United States of that kind of thing i mean i'm old enough to remember eating for the kids in korea yeah uh, i'd have been better off just shipping the food over <laughs> exactly <laughs> but, but you know we a lot of us do re- <clears throat> do remember that what, so what if- um that's part of it. Uh, we use a little bit in the book um, as a guideline. Um, you can um, uh, use your your uh, hand. Your fist. Uh, the size you... of your of your palm is actually the size of uh, of oh, say red meat or fish or chicken. Uh, if you make a fist out of it, that's generally the size that, that approximates a cup of rice or a cup of, uh, potatoes, that kind of thing. Um, a thumb from the middle of your knuckle up to the top of your thumb is about one ounce of cheese. So you can use your own hand, um, a little bit to, uh, give you an idea of what an actual portion size is. Yeah, you and don't have
2: to bring your scale or your... No, you don't to the have gro- to do that. Yeah, you know, it's, you go out for dinner. But now, <clears throat> if you do that, and obviously that's the way you've been eating since you were 32 years old and then you, you have children, uh, you're setting a good example or a great example for your kids. And isn't that what we need to do? I mean, the next generation, because we've got this whole obesity thing going oh. on. So I'd like you to address that because oh, we are not got, serving our kids terrible. well by having them eat for people in third world countries. We need to cut down as you describe it. So let's talk about kids, obesity, and what we can do yeah. for the children.
5: Well, the, the the this is the first generation where it is predicted they will not live as long as their parents. Now, that all by itself is a condemnation, I think, a serious condemnation of the way that we are living as adults. And I think The adults have to bear the responsibility for what's happening with children because I don't know of any 5-year-old that drove himself to a hamburger place for the first time, a fast food place.
2: Excellent point.
5: And kids do what you tell them to do. And I think uh, right now we've got a situation where the obesity levels have gone through the roof. Uh, I mean, the average um, 11-year-old today Weighs twelve and a half pounds more than the average eleven-year-old in 1972. There's no increase in height. There's no increase in bone density. It's an increase in body fat percentage. And we also, have,
2: Joe, we have the, we have more information, which is interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. we have more information, and yet we are doing less of what's good for us. I mean, you talk about, and this I think is a really important point. You talk about Joe balanced eating versus. Dieting don't talk about oh, dieting, but talk about balanced yeah. eating when you're when you're eating with your children or when you're
5: well in and even for yourself i mean i'm we have been a culture of uh pop science quick weight loss diets going back sixty years. if any one of them had worked, if cabbage soup had worked, we'd be a nation of skinny folks, and we're not. Uh, so these diets don't work. They're totally inappropriate for children, but, and they don't work for adults. Uh, most adults have been on a diet. Most adults have lost weight on the diet, and most adults have gained that weight back and put on extra weight. But they roll them out year after year after year, and we continue to buy them year after year after year. And that, that's not where the solution is. Um, we had, um, <clears throat> the, I've lo- I lost about. Well, weight wasn't my uh, principal problem. Cholesterol was, but I was about twelve or fifteen pounds over, which I lost in nineteen seventy seven and and never put them back on.
2: Even and as you age, because you say you're what you're in your fifties now. So and I
5: am uh, sixty three now. Sixty three. Okay. Yeah. So. And uh, so and I'm, you know, I'm still uh, hiking on mountains and playing on a men's soccer team and doing. You know, very physically active, and so my way. Physical has...
2: activity versus exercise. Yeah, well, you know, well I we do gotta...
5: both. You know, I have a formal exercise program, but I'm. I love it when people just talk about movement, because that's what the problem is in the United States: is people don't move, and children don't move. So if we could just get people <clears throat> to move. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Um, but if we could just get people to move as part of their day to, to you know, the, all of the old cliches about park your car, you know, take the stairs, all of those. They they are cliches, but they also add up to more movement. No, so
2: go for a bike ride with your kids. Absolutely. Walk, the dog, Walk
5: the dog, of, all of those kinds of wash the Wash
2: the family car yeah. you talk about. You know, good and idea. Then you,
5: then, then you can take a jog if you want to or go to the Y. I mean, that's all wonderful and good, but... Uh, it's just the movement that we can put in our day because it's been, we've engineered them out. I mean, power windows, computers, uh, everything is doing something for us, so we don't expend very many calories. We do a lot of sitting around, and when you factor in uh, screen time, computers, movies, videos, uh, all of that type of thing, uh, particularly for children, then there isn't any uh, movement. So uh, the kids are in a hard position, and... And I think the worst of what's happening is not uh, just the obesity level, but it's the numbers of teenagers that now have type 2 diabetes. Uh, When you and I grew up, we used to call that adult onset. And now you we know, when have you and so I many grew teenagers. Up, Joe, I don't
2: even know that I was aware of diabetes. No. I mean, it, wasn't, I mean people who were diabetics were old people and sick people, and mm-hmm. it was never, and maybe, obviously, there probably were a
5: few children. That, you know. Changed. Yeah, and now it would have been uh, type 1 diabetes. Exactly. That would never... have been type
2: 1. We have a minute left, so I want to yeah. make sure that everyone knows that they can purchase your book online, bookstores everywhere, The Road to a Healthy Heart Runs Through the Kitchen, a fabulous book. We've covered some of the issues but not all of them because if you buy the book, you can learn how to assess your cardiac risk, set your realistic goals. Wonderful talking to you this morning. Thanks so much, Joe Piscitella. Thank
5: thank you for having me on. I appreciate it very much.
2: Great. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a healthy day. Thank
5: you. We
2: all will. We're going to try, especially after we read your book. We're going to take a break right now. You're listening to The Catherine Sock Show, and I'm your social worker with the microphone on Voice America Women's Network. We'll be back in a minute. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the uh, Beauty Insider. We have a Beauty Insider who's going to tell us about and reveal the buzz on Oscar-winning Slimming Secrets. The Oscars are coming up next very soon. We'll be back in a minute.
5: of those fad diets and exercise routines that you don't stick with? Want to find a better way to incinerate fat and energize your life without those worthless pills or gimmicks? Then tune in every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific to Fitness Truth with hosts Zach Hunt and A.J. Roberts. Achieve your weight loss and fitness goals and maintain them for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. That's Fitness
1: Truth, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice of America Health and Wellness Channel.
0: When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Did you know your child's asthma attacks can be triggered by things like shower curtains, a blanket, even a teddy bear? I feel like I'm choking. And there are many other things in your home and your child's classroom you may not know about. For the latest information, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. Help prevent your child's asthma attacks and avoid the emergency room. Call toll-free 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Or visit www.noattacks.org. I don't want to feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest
2: Welcome to the Catherine Sock Show. Welcome back to the Catherine Sock Show. Good morning. Thanks for joining us this morning. You're listening to Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone. And joining me in this last half hour is Donna Lisa Ray. She's a figure consultant and licensed aesthetician, I guess that's how you pronounce it, working in the beauty industry for over 20 years. And she's also the spokesperson for the Suddenly Slender line of figure enhancement products. And we're going to be talking about she's. The Beauty Insider that I talked about earlier, and she's going to reveal the buzz on Oscar-winning slimming Secret, and that secret is called Slender, the Suddenly Slender Body Wrap. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Donna Lisa.
4: Oh, thank you, Catherine. It's such a pleasure to be with you today.
2: Well, no, it's great. Now, tell us. This is, like, really extraordinary, and why haven't I heard about this before? Uh, this is like an incredible... You can actually get... You don't lose weight. Well, I don't want to explain it. You tell us. What is it? What is the suddenly slender body wrap?
4: Well, Catherine, it's a, it's a system that's been around for almost 40 years, since 1969. It's a process whereby uh, people are noticeably, visibly, 10 to 30 inches slimmer in just one hour, and it doesn't feature weight loss because any time any process does that, pretty much know you're going to get the water sucked out of you. So <laughs> it's, not, it's not a weight loss procedure, but it's a contouring, slimming uh, procedure. It gets rid of a lot of build-up metabolic waste. It tightens and firms the skin beautifully. And it works so well, they actually tell their women clients before they come in for their very first session, get this, they tell them to wear in the tightest pair of jeans they own, but something that's so tight, they literally have to lay down on their floor or their bed, to get their jeans completely pulled up, zipped up, snapped, and/or buttoned, and after their very first session, those jeans will slide up with them standing up, and uh, they can drink all the water they want because this has absolutely nothing to do with dehydration.
2: So, John, Lisa, so you're saying that this it really is an instant slim down treatment, and when the movie stars who like are going on the red carpet and stuff, and mm-hmm. you know they're in, as you say, in Tinseltown, and they're eating and drinking, and they do this this uh, slender body wrap before they have to get into their gowns, and they're losing 10 to 12 inches
4: on their whole bodies. 10 to 12 to 30, yes. Visibly, noticeably slimmer. And, you know, the good news for all the listeners out there (laughs) is, you know, a lot of us have this misconception that all these beautiful actresses and, and actors even, you know, just lay around looking beautiful. That's not true. I mean... They're just like us, if that's any comfort. <laughs> yeah. They have to work on it, work at it. Like everybody else, at it, absolutely. Both, right? And, um, you know, but how, but totally, I know how do you do of, the wrap? I mean, what do you do? What do you
2: actually do? Let's talk about it. I mean, what do you do? You measure yourself beforehand, uh, right. all your different body parts, I guess, mm-hmm. before and after. Yes. And then what? So what is the wrap? What does it consist of? What do you What do? you? What's the whole... Well, let's start from the beginning, the process.
4: Okay. First off, this isn't one of those lay-down wraps where you have cucumbers on your eyes, okay? This is this is literally a compression wrap. I mean, it's, it's very, very heavy duty. Basically, um, people are wrapped head to toe um, in six-inch A-spanages that are latex-free that have been soaked in a pure food-grade quality mineral and electrolytic solution. Any type of movement, exercise they do in this process is amplified like five to ten times. It's actually compressing. It is um, contouring and slimming. It's getting rid of a lot of the built-up metabolic waste. I have to tell you, um, I've actually had some doctors tell me that there is no such thing as cellulite. Have you ever heard such a (laughs) great... If there's no uh, such thing, just come to my
2: house. I mean. <laughs>
4: come to the Florida beaches down <laughs> and here. I, mean, what is I don't
2: think it was a female doctor who told you there was no such thing <laughs> Yes, as I've actually had
4: a female and and some male doctors tell me there was no such thing as cellulite. Well, what cellulite is, because it does exist, we all know that, is it's uh, water, waterlogged fatty tissues and interstitial fluids, fluids between the cells. It's um, You know, fluids your body doesn't need to stay alive. You know what I'm saying? It's um, an accumulation of uh, built-up waste and... Uh, you know our bodies are only designed to get rid of so much waste per day. So what it doesn't get rid of, it builds up and it accumulates day after day after day. So what we're doing in the body wrap with this
2: mineral solution is we're getting that stuff, that bad stuff, out of you. And how long does it take? What do you, you know, you're wrapped up in this in this um, solution, mm-hmm. and which what tones the body and tightens the skin, mm-hmm. and. You do it, what, for an hour? Or how often do you have to do it before you actually lose the inches, and, and does it stay with you? I mean, or do you just, if you don't keep doing it, it comes back again, I assume. Or okay,
4: well, people um, are guaranteed they'll lose between, um, uh, be visibly, noticeably slimmer, you know, 10 to 30 inches slimmer in their very first session. And um, it's a cumulative effect. So um, just say if one person does it once and, uh, versus three times, Three times they're going to look. They're going to look a whole lot more slimmer than they would if they just did it once. And um, each each consecutive visit amplifies the visits from from before. And um, just say if someone gets down to their absolute um, ideal size, and we never tell people, "Okay, you look perfect. You need to stop," because um, people. People's sizes and their ideal weights are, it's relative to them. You know, it's not my place to say, hey, you look perfect. You can't come back again. <laughs> so when people feel absolutely fabulous, whether they're in clothes or out of their clothes, you know, they can stop. I mean, there's no point in keep keeping going. If well, it they just depends perfect. on
2: the person. You might do eight wraps, ten wraps, and then you just do kind of like a maintenance thing so that you make sure that you keep slim, I mean, or that you...
4: Yeah, just, just so we keep slim, so, um, you know, we work Is it painful with the, to have this done? I mean, does it hurt? Oh, not at all. But a, a really cool thing is um, uh, suddenly you can completely control, Catherine, where a person is going to lose the most by where they wrap the tightest, you know. For women in general, um, you know, I would say basically the problem areas are, you know, in between the waist to the upper knees.
2: Yeah, and For me, it uh, would be like the stomach and the waist.
4: Oh, absolutely. And same for men. Yeah. And um, you know, so don't you know? I'm going to be wrapped skin tight from my waist to my knees, and the compression. I mean, it feels so good. I can't even explain.
2: Um, well, do you have to diet and exercise along with this, or this? I mean, I'm. Sh- or is it just you know, all you have to do is do the body wrap, and then that's you'll be ten to twelve to twenty inches
4: slimmer. Well, you know, we we want to um, you know. Exercise and nutrition is absolutely key. If anybody ever says, just do this one thing and you'll be great, I mean, uh, that's not credible, see? Um, a lot of times we gain weight because we have, um, we're nutrition or mineral deficient. So naturally, you know, we want people to keep their inches off. So, you know, the, the more they keep their inches off, the better suddenly slender looks, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, let me give you an example so that makes more sense. Um have you ever known somebody, Catherine, that was an absolute chocolate-aholic? You know, they had to have chocolate. They Oh, I've up known chocolate.
2: lots of chocoholics. I exactly. mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I don't happen to be one of them. I used to like it more when I was younger, but I've kind of gotten over that. But, okay,
4: yes, people okay. who they
2: just, chocolate is their thing, right. and they go for it. Exactly. We've got two minutes left, so we, gotta, or we have to talk fast so we can okay. wrap it
4: up. <laughs> so um, I'm telling you, if these people that are absolute chocoholics, if they took a really good, high-quality, water-soluble iron supplement, 99.9% of their chocolate cravings would vanish. And can you imagine how much slimmer someone could be if they stopped eating all that chocolate every day? And just by handling it with nutrition, nutrition is the key to so many um, uh, so many people's overweight issues. All it's, right, so
2: you're saying, the nutrition obviously, which is important, and uh, exercise. Exercise, then you get the body wrap, eight to ten body wraps. You like incorporate that into your healthy lifestyle. I uh-huh. guess is what you're saying. Now, what about and I and, and you say uh, that it's good for obviously, like if you've been pregnant and you've got ten or twelve pounds that make you look kind of like flabby and overweight, mm-hmm. it would be good to do that, Reduces mm-hmm. the signs of aging, all of those things. Do you have to go to a doctor beforehand to find out whether you can tolerate the body wrap or do you
4: just... Oh, no. No, no the, only, the only thing, um, See, even if someone goes to get a pedicure, you know, um, the, the, the technician should find out if that person has ever had a heart attack or a stroke. Or has high blood pressure or diabetes? So just basic kinds
2: of questions. You don't. Yeah, have just to in go. general. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk about the website because you can, if people want more information, because obviously we're not going to be able to give them all the information now. Right. But it's SuddenlySlender.com, and that's yes. where they can get more information or contact SuddenlySlender if they if they're, if they're interested.
4: Oh, absolutely. Or you know, if, if any listeners out there would like um, a free brochure faxed or email to them, or if you'd like a free uh, video and information package regarding the franchise. Call one eight hundred two two one six seven nine three. 221 6793 but there's tons of information on the com website as well, tons. And, uh, you talk about a video. I'd like
2: to see the video of you because I assume that you're slender. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, you, <laughs> you're representing kids? your product,
2: <laughs> so you've got to look really good, I would assume. Oh, so
4: absolutely, I, yeah. absolutely. But it's so important to have a slender body that's also a healthy body, you see, so that's really that's really what we drive for and okay, what we so listeners
2: for. if you are interested and you want to see what the stars do so that they can look great when they go out on the runway for the for the Oscars you can contact Lisa Ray and you can go to the website at suddenlyslender.com and you will find out about that suddenly slender body wrap. Great having you on the show this morning Donna Lisa. Oh, thank you so much. What
4: a pleasure of a fantastic week everybody.
2: Yep. Yeah, have a great day. You've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show on Voice America Women's Channel, Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Have a great day, and and we'll see you next week.
1: We hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Zox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Women's Channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversation with Catherine Zox.